0: Hey everybody, Ben Delaney here. Welcome to the Val News This week we are going all the way to Israel, and we are joined now with Andrew Hood checking in from the Israel Startup Nation Team Camp. How are you, Andy? Good to see you.
1: Good to see you, Ben. I'm here in the Holy Land, uh, Israel Startup Nation, uh, kind of a preseason camp. They're doing not a lot of riding; it's more of kind of this get to know you thing that like camps like to, teams like to do every now and then. And uh, it's only really the first time this has happened since uh, COVID, really, almost two years ago.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. Seems like it's been ten years since that has happened. And yeah, for listeners who aren't familiar with the the team camp format, it's you know some ways similar to baseball spring training, where where there's a lot of uh, bonding, both you know the new athletes and the team infrastructure, and then also yeah, journalists get brought in to so get access to to the writers and the teams. And it's, in the years past, it has been a great opportunity to you know get to spend some time with folks like in this instance, Chris Froome. We've got the a good interview. That Andy did with Froome coming up later on, but it's also just a great way to you know, get a sense of who these people are off the bike. Uh, and different teams have done different spins on things. You know, Andy and I were joking about, you know, you've been run ragged yourself uh, these last weeks, but you know, you know Bjorn Reese was, you know, famous for some of his, you know, like almost faux military type style drills that they do as team building exercises. So, what's what's the format at you know, for Israel Startup Nation? Like, you're you're in. Israel, where where are you and what have you been doing?
1: Yeah, right now we're in Tel Aviv, kind of, um, you know, it's like Barcelona on, on the Eastern Med or some people call it Miami by the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, a real, we were also in Jerusalem for a couple of days and, you know, it's the two main big cities in, in Israel and really a kind of a contrast between, you know, the modern face of Israel and a lot of startup companies here, a lot of energy, a lot of young kind of things happening in Tel Aviv. And then you have uh, Jerusalem, you know, of course, three or four thousand year old city with all the religious sites, and uh, we've been kind of getting a taste of each place. I mean, uh, the owner of the team, Solomon Adams, uh, you know, the Canadian Israeli uh, investor who's kind of backing this team, uh, you know, he really wanted to bring, you know, all the team and the staff to Israel so that they kind of get a sense of you know what Israel is all about because you know he's really a a promoter of Israel and trying to show kind of this different face of Israel. I think a lot of people, I mean, myself included, I had never been here really until we did come for the Giro Italia a few years ago, you know, but it's, it's quite different than, you know, like anything, you know, what you see in the news, what you see sometimes in the media is often quite different than the reality on the ground. So it has been fascinating to see and have more time to really kind of visit some of these sites. We went and saw the Israeli president the other day. We went to see the Wailing Wall, uh, you know, um, and, and the famous uh, churches, uh, you know, f- following the Via Dolorosa, supposedly, you know, the final pass, the steps of Jesus Christ, you know, at his, his final hours in Jerusalem, you know, it's quite solemn, you know, everybody has their own different uh, religious viewpoints and those kinds of things, but it's still quite intense to be at these places for the first time. And, and you know, a lot of the writers were quite moved, uh, you know, I was talking to Chris, and you know, a little bit in the interview we're going to listen to later, you know, what it you know, what he saw and experienced by going to these places. And then uh, and then we've been also just visiting um, Sylvan Adams. He, he's a Canadian uh, real estate kind of magnate, moved to Israel about five years ago, repatriated because he is Jewish. And since we've been in Tel Aviv, it's just been visiting all the things that Sylvan Adams has basically built for uh, uh, Israeli uh, cycling infrastructure, which the Velodrome built. We went- yesterday, this hyperbaric chamber facility that he's built. Uh, You know, he's splashing around a lot of money. He kind of bankrolled uh, the Giro start uh, that was here in 2018, as well as underwriting basically most of the entire budget of the World Tour team. So, in effect, we went to a nice cocktail party last night in his his penthouse suite. Uh, They say it's the most expensive apartment in Tel Aviv. And man, believe me, after seeing it last night, I I, I agree with that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice. So, you're, you're basically on a vacation, an educational vacation over there. How about the the riding? Is there any bicycle riding being done you know, often at team camps? It's an opportunity to get for the riders to get to know the the sponsors and get suited up for new equipment and clothing and such. Is any of that happening? Or
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's there is some riding uh, on Saturday. Uh, they went on a ride up in the uh, Judeo Hills. They call it outside of Jerusalem, kind of some high, you know, relatively high altitude, up to a thousand meter, kind of mountains there covered in pines. And, uh, you know, we went up there to this kind of, uh, you know, a staging area where there's a couple of bars on top of the, one of the big climbs there. And it was just packed with uh, Israeli fans. You know, the word had gone out on social media that, uh, you know, the team would be coming up to that spot kind of early, early, late, late morning on Saturday. And it was like, if, you know, almost a thousand people up there cheering on it. And Chris Froome was just mobbed by fans and kids. And he patiently, you know, sat through, you know, selfie after selfie after selfie. And then to this today, for example, we got up six in the morning and drove uh, three hours out to uh, the Dead Sea, uh, and we did. Uh, well, actually, I didn't join for the ride because uh, I have an injured shoulder, unfortunately. But uh, the team rode like with what's being called the longest single track trail network in the world. Uh, they're building uh, in Israel. He'll building a start to finish, point to point, single track uh, mountain bike specific single track route. Uh, north to south, all the way across uh, Israel. And today we rode from uh, a town at about a thousand meters and rode down to the Dead Sea, which is at negative 400 meters, the lowest point on earth, and rode past Masada. And it was pretty cool, to be honest. You know, it was like a a spectacular scene in the desert and, you know, these historic sites and you're riding past Bedouin villages with camels. And, uh, you know, it's a place... You know, it'd be a great place to come back and, and ride, uh, you know, a single track during kind of the winter. They, they're trying to promote this as being like a winter cycling destination because mm-hmm. you don't want to come here in the summer when it's about 115
0: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Now, is, where do you see Israel Startup Nation as a team going in 2022? You know, Sylvain as Adams, as you mentioned, has, has made huge things happen there in Israel. Uh, as far as infrastructure, bringing races in, building up this team to promote the nation of Israel. How about the the race team itself? Is this going to be a year of – is next year going to be a year of leveling up? Or what can we expect to see once racing starts again?
1: Yeah, that's that's exactly what they're, they want to be more ambitious. I mean, if you remember, they came into the world tour uh, when Katusha folded two years ago. You know, that opportunity presented itself, and Sylvan Adams, you know, took over that license. There were some, you know, some deals going on down there that got them into the world tour. I think a a couple of years, perhaps sooner than they kind of were really ready for. Um, So, you know, they kind of filled out their team and then, you know, it was kind of a transitional season, 2019. And then of course, uh, I had a chance to get Chris Froome, you know, coming in to, uh, you know, after leaving Ineos with his crash and, you know, Chris obviously did not have his best uh, season last year, but, you know this this next season, in 2022. They got some new riders coming on. Nizzolo, uh, this Italian sprinter, is obviously going to give them a lot more punch in the major sprint finales. Uh, Jacob Fuglsang joins, and they've got you know a pretty good core base of riders. Expectation is maybe uh, Froome will get back to closer to his old self. He can be a factor in the tour and the other kind of uh, stage races. They got a pretty good core of uh, of classics riders. But, you know, I think the team finished middle of the pack in the World Tour rankings, and they they definitely want to up their game. Uh, you know, Sylvan Adams said the goal next year is to be top five in the world in the World Team rankings. Maybe it's a little bit ambitious, but, you know, you got Michael Woods there, uh, Daryl Impey, a couple of the guys that, you know, when they're on their game, you know, they're right there at the front of these big races. So they've got a couple of good signings coming on, and, and I think, you know, the ambition – I mean – you know, when you speak to Silver Adams, he goes, I want to win the Tour de France. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. do, they, do they have that rider right now? You know, I mean, you got Pogaccia, Roglic, Bernal. You know, I mean, is Chris Froome going to come back and be that guy to take it to those guys? You know, I mean, right now, when you look at Chris Froome, what he's done and how bad his injury was and how old he is, you know, you know, maybe not. You know, Chris might not never win another tour, but they're going to give him the runway at least to try to get back to full health next season. And then the team will, you know, perhaps get in the, in the rider market going into 2023.
0: All right. Now, Andy, I know you've got to run here in a few minutes. So just uh, one more quick question. Israel Startup Nation team camp, is that reflective of what other teams are doing? Are we going to be seeing uh, are all the World Tour teams having these type of team camps? And are we going to be having access or is this more of a, a one-off?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it really is. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the evolving situation with COVID. Um, you know, right now coming into Israel, we had to be double vaxxed. You know, we had to get a PCR test coming in, leaving the airport. For, I flew in from Europe, and then we got PCR tests coming into you know, once we landed here as well. Um, so I think the protocols are shifting. There's some talk that some of the restrictions and the mitigation efforts are going to be uh, kind of eased up going into this racing season. Uh, just what I'm hearing, you know, there'll still be these kind of MIG zones for the media. Some of the fans will be uh, kept at distance. But I think, you know, if people are vexed up and COVID numbers stay low, I think we will hopefully get back to almost close to normal uh, going into this next coming racing season. Uh, fingers crossed on that one.
0: Fingers crossed, indeed. Okay. Great to see you, Andy. Thanks for your time. Have fun over there. And Israel will keep uh, reading your stories online. And now we'll go ahead and jump into this interview Andy has done with Chris Froom, Multi-time Tour de France winner. Can he achieve his past glory again?
1: Yeah, it's actually, I ended up talking to Chris um, mainly about uh, his experiences here in Israel and also some of his uh, business ventures that he has going. He's invested in a couple of uh, bike companies. So it's not all just bike talk. It's some other stuff as well. So it's pretty interesting. with Chris Froome in the lobby of a pretty swanky hotel in Tel Aviv. Uh, uh, that's one way to put it. <laughs> yeah, a L- little bit different than uh, uh, the experience you had uh, during the Giro, Chris. I mean, what was it like the last couple of days? You know, you guys went to the Sepulchre Church, went to the Wailing Wall. What was that for you personally like?
2: Yeah, I mean, extremely, extremely fascinating, actually, just getting to know the history of, I mean, such a complex history uh, of this country. Um, but quite significant as well. I mean, obviously now riding for, for an Israeli team, um, it actually bears a little bit more bearing on on what on um, what I'm doing in the team and uh, understanding uh, a little bit about the history. So I mean, yeah, especially going to that, or uh, was it the Holocaust Museum yesterday? That was oh, extremely moving. Um, just just seeing exactly what the the, the Jewish. People went through, and uh, basically, what they—it uh, wasn't all that all that long ago, actually. Um, no, was it? It's within within generation or two, so it's still still quite fresh. Um, and yeah, some of the stories are just uh, just just jaw dropping.
1: Then it was so such a booster of uh, Israel and the whole Israeli experience. I mean, I know last year with COVID, you, you guys were camped out here in California, right? So you really had a chance to, to really get that experience right now.
2: Yeah, but I mean, the, the team didn't get over here last year. Uh, everything was close, obviously with COVID, but... Um more than that I didn't really get the chance to to meet everyone on the team Uh, There's still some new faces who I hadn't hadn't raced with this year or hadn't seen at all so it's really really good to be over here and to be spending this time with everyone especially when we're not necessarily training that hard we're we're all quite relaxed this time of year none of us are really in training Uh, we're doing a few sort of physical sessions like running and a few small rides uh, which, which is good, good for bonding and at the same time just just enjoying each other's company and getting to know the country that's, uh, that's basically bringing us all together Yeah, no, I
1: mean, as you know uh, Silva is such a booster of, of Israel no. like I'm saying. Yeah. and you know, he, you know, he's always saying that's such a part of the identity of, of his team. Yeah, I mean, do you feel that a little bit is the kind of the cap, one of the captains of his team? I mean, is that something that you buy into?
2: Definitely. I mean, I think especially being part of Team Sky uh, previously, and, and such a big goal for them was to inspire. The, the British public and to, to have a to impact on, on the grassroots level of cycling and I, I think silvan's got a very similar vision for the, I, the, I for, for the for ism um, for, for us to be able to have the same kind of impact on, on 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 obviously a very different scale but with the with the Israeli public and the, the coming generation of, of next uh, Israeli cyclists so I think we're already seeing um, proof of what, what the team's achieved so far, just in the fact that, that there are so many up and coming young Israelis getting into cycling and dreaming of becoming professional cyclists like now. And uh, that day when we got out to, to meet all the fans, that was just mental. I mean, um, yeah, I didn't really expect to see so many bike enthusiasts over here in Israel, but there are just masses of them. Yeah, because
1: uh, with Jiro coming and then uh, with this whole experience here, you, know, you really see how close it is. I mean, do you feel detached? That's the of pressure that
2: we're all wrapped up into training, into performance. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. So I mean, at this time of year, it's a time where you can actually take a bit of a step back and then embrace it a little bit more. And you're not, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, really cost you anything to, to take a few minutes out and chat to the fans. And whereas obviously when we're when we're in training, that's you, you can't really afford to stop when you're out on the bike. I mean, you, you're in training mode. You're um, you're not necessarily going to be hanging around lots of people, but now this time of year, it's um, it's it, it's it's quite gratifying to almost it, it, it completes the loop for us. It, it allows us to see what what it's all about and why we're doing what we're doing and the impact it's having on other people.
1: Interesting, uh, that's good. Uh, and also today we visited this hyperbaric chamber uh, hospital and <laughs> yeah. facility. Yeah. Now I know you're, that's kind of your wheelhouse. You like the new technology, yeah. you like the new science, very much so. What? I so saw you ears bring it up there a little bit I mean that's have you, have you done that kind
2: of thing before in or? so I, I spent a fair bit of time in the hyperbaric chamber uh, during my rehab actually um, I probably spent the best part of three four months going in at, at least five six days a week so here Ooh. no uh, uh, back in back, back over in France um, so I mean uh, it was a big part of my rehab and I, I really felt the, the benefits of it so it was uh, it was fascinating today to actually seeing how they're using it uh, more, more widely in uh, for 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 its therapeutic uses, and also what it what it could be used for with uh, performance for, for sports performance. So um, yeah, I, I did find that, that quite interesting today. Um, it's an interesting
1: the combination of that, uh, uh, the, the compression as well as the others. Ox- uh, yeah, yeah, so and the, the oxygen, oxygen as, as well. Get, yeah,
2: yeah, hundred yeah, yeah, percent. I
1: mean, uh, where were you going in France? Where did you do that?
2: So actually, I, I, I managed to get hold of a, a portable unit that I installed in my basement. Um, and so I was, I was yeah in my own oh, in my right. own basement every day. Oh,
1: right. That's what you um, said that uh, Ronaldo has, or Dokumich, similar kind
2: of unit. Apparently, yeah, yeah. apparently. So I <laughs> imagine that would be similar to, to what, what I was using okay. at the time. So you can zip yourself into it, or how is it right? Um, I mean, I can show you. It's it's basically a, 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 a almost like a tube that, uh, that you can sort of seal yourself in. Um, <laughs> I
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Um, where did it go? I'll find it and I'll show you. Anyway, it's it's just a cylinder, really. That almost like a kind of tent in a way that you get into. Uh, it's a cylinder, and you seal yourself in, and that uh, drops you to sort of uh, below up to sort 10-15 of meters below sea level and uh, I, was, I was in there sometimes up to four hours a day so oh, really? uh, two sessions of two hours so yeah it was quite a quite a big part of my my rehab so you said so you raised
1: your hand. Said you uh scuba dive as well so it's kind of something <laughs> or is that what you're referring to is this <laughs>
2: <laughs> no um I I, I do I, I really enjoy scuba diving I love I love anything water related mm-hmm. um I'm, I'm always in the water um oh, interesting so this is the one it's
1: like a mini submarine it is almost
2: Actually, she is but it's uh and that was you can see my leg was completely broken i couldn't really move it it was just sort of straight i was in there i was able to sort of crawl into there uh for a few hours every day and that was uh that was what i was doing
1: wow interesting and did you have a technician or someone there that kind of monitors you to help
2: you um at first i had the um my, my physio, Alex, who was uh, overseeing my rehab at the time, um, um, he's, he, he sort of would, would get me going with it, but it, it gets to the point where you can actually do it all yourself, okay. so um, after a few sessions, I, I figured that out, and was right. happy just to crack on on my own. So you did that
1: all that whole winter going
2: into the... Actually, still still from about, I'd say from about uh, two months post-op, uh, I was probably in there, so from about September uh, all the way through December, January. Okay. you still use it? Or? No, no, no. Okay. I mean, I was only renting that for, for the time being, but... Uh, so it helped you, you
1: think, in terms of... I
2: the, think it definitely helps speed up. I mean, t- seeing what they, they described today, it definitely helps with the uh, tissue regeneration. And that was a big part of my, my uh, rehab. So, yeah, sure. it must have helped.
1: Sure. I did not think pesky, but, uh, I wanted mean, to ask you about it. I saw the video did a few weeks ago on some YouTube channel with uh, one of the sponsors so it sounds like
2: you're
1: investing in some of these
2: companies at uh, Hammerhead with uh, Yeah, Super correct. Sapiens and yeah. Factor yeah and crypto? <laughs> <laughs> no not yet no no Bitcoin uh, no, no 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 I'm uh, off the ball there but uh, <laughs> no I mean uh, yeah th- those are those are all partners who um, I mean uh, the, the Super Sapiens one was more uh, th- that's a technology I've been waiting for for years uh, just to understand more about nutrition um, and the effects of different foods on your body and um, I, I love that side of training, uh, just getting engrossed in, in what does what and uh, trying new things, seeing what uh, how better you can basically get your performance through knowledge, uh, really. Um, and yeah, the, I, I tried it a few years ago, uh, a similar technology, but it wasn't quite ready. Uh, it was very difficult to sort of really take anything away from it. Um, but uh, it's finally with with the help of super sapiens, I think, got now to a point where it can uh, really accurately uh, s- tell you what's going on in your body and what's what's being absorbed uh, from what food. So, so um,
1: real time uh, reflection of your blood sugar levels, your glucose levels. Yeah, very 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 close
2: to, to real time. Not quite. I mean, obviously, there's a bit of a response period, but um, yeah, uh, it tells you exactly what's. I mean, it shows you at any given point how much glucose is in your blood so um you can you can for example uh eat a banana see what that does to your blood sugar levels and if that destabilizes you quite a lot or how long it holds you up for versus uh, a, a bowl of cereal for example and see what uh, you can definitely figure out what what's best for you what works best for you um and uh, so when when i i saw that Launch. I, I was really keen to learn more and get into it, and uh, the opportunity opened up for me to, to 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 invest, and I was more than happy to, to get involved because I, I genuinely believe in the technology, and I think there are some some good people behind it at Supersepting, so it's happy to get involved there. Um, Hammerhead and Factor, um, obviously both both teams team team sponsors, um, but also I mean I, I I love my equipment, I love my tech, um, so Hammerhead was. I mean, I love the product again. Uh, I think it's it's revolutionising the the head units uh, space in in uh, cycling. It's up until now, I think, our head units have been relatively sort of basic technology. If you look at where iPhones are, I mean, uh, cell phones are. Um, uh, it's it's a smart. It, they're, they're all smartphones, but then you look at our head units, and they're all very basic. They're just almost like analogue. It's sort of. Um, there's nothing really too complex about them, but it, it seems with, with Hammerhead, the platform they're using is basically it's it, it's using similar technology to a smartphone. So you can run all kinds of different apps on there, and in theory, I think in the future we'll we'll see a lot more coming out of uh, that company. I think they've got a fantastic. It's up
1: to the five G system, or is it? Uh, it is, yeah. Like, oh, so yeah, I mean, you
2: can you can get a SIM card in there, and you can you can basically uh, I think. It's it's still in quite early phases, but I think the the uses of it going forwards will be will be will be tremendous. Um, I, I like their thinking. I like how they um, how they how they've approached the whole uh, setup. So I, I really enjoyed getting involved with them as well as as well as Factor. I think it's a it's a it's a British brand. It's a brand that's um, I, I love their bikes. Uh, I, I like the the way they. Um, the way they design their bikes, they are looking purely for performance um, and what the customer wants out of a bike, um, which isn't always the case. Um, so, I, I, I yeah, I was really happy to get involved there as well. Um,
1: and those three companies, are you kind of an ambassador or are you an active uh, um, you know, participant in terms of the product yeah.
2: development or all of the above? Yeah, I mean, different different roles for, different, for the different ones, but... Um, with Hammerhead and Super Sapiens, I'm definitely more involved as an ambassador. I think uh, a factor, uh, um, I'm giving a lot of feedback uh, more in, in terms of product development. Um, actually, with Hammerhead as well, and always uh, every week sort of getting in touch with them saying, well, I'd like to be able to see this on the display. And, and it's amazing to see, sort of within two, three weeks of giving feedback, it's actually incorporated in their software being rolled out to. All the users worldwide. So it's it's yeah. great that they actually are listening to a lot of what. What's what
1: an example of something that. Uh, that, um,
2: that so for me personally, when I started using it in January this year, um, I really needed to be able to see left-right power balance uh, from uh, left leg versus left-right leg uh, on on with the power meter on on the bikes. And uh, up until that point, they, they were only really showing. Um, uh, average uh, average power, so not individualizing between the left and the right leg, um, and yeah, within that within a matter of two or three weeks of asking for it, it was it was ready to go, and it was it was live. Um, oh, great. It was, do a lot in
1: your recovery
2: as well. Yeah, definitely. So that was a big part of my rehab, and doing a lot of intervals, sort of specifically focusing to try and favor the injured side. Um, so that was that was a big big part of my rehab, and uh, big thanks to them for, for sorting that out. That um, uh, they the, the introduced. They launched a feature this year called the Climber feature, uh, which basically breaks down the climbs that are coming up and shows you sort of uh, kilometer by kilometer all the, all the different gradients that are coming up. and um, specific, um, yeah, really program. Yeah, exactly, a real Climber feature. So um, that was something uh, myself and the rest of the team had a lot of feedback into. Uh, so it was nice to see that rolled out just before the Tour de France. Uh, so, I mean, it's great to see what we actually, the stuff that we're asking for is actually coming to life and that's not often you have that relationship with sponsors quite often you're <laughs> yeah. just given material and you expect it. it to use it and, Accept it and move on. that's it so it's cool.
1: Super Sapiens you said that uh, I think you said earlier that it's kind of like where power meters were maybe 20 years ago it's a new technology a new kind of uh, application that it will eventually impact and really evolve into economy which will impact
2: the reason. yeah I, I, I definitely think it's going to become more mainstream in sport in general um not, not just cycling. Um, it's, a, it's a shame we're we're, we're not not allowed to, to race with it. I think it's a, from a safety point of view, I mean it really does uh, serve a lot of purposes. It's an education tool as well. Um, I mean it can in theory it can notify people when they're basically heading into hypoglycemia, which is dangerous. And you see guys towards the end of the races when they are absolutely fried or, or in this case, low, low of sugar uh, completely out of sugars. That they're not, their reaction times aren't as quick. They're maybe not as uh, sort of uh, coherent as they should be, and that's where crashes can happen. So if you can get a bit of a warning before you reach that point, obviously from a safety point of view, that's got to be that's going to be a win. <laughs> but Wait, um, I don't think everyone shares that sentiment. The um, I, I, I think uh, certainly with the UCI, it seems that there's a big uh, they, they 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 want to keep the. Uh, Keep it as a very human uh, performance, as a very human side, and not not have everything measured and they want to limit the amount of I guess technology in the sport. So it's it's unfortunate. I think there's a lot that could be could be used or uh, uh, well done, even even to, to to share that information with fans, for example, make the sport more interesting. You could do a lot of things with it, but uh, yeah, that's anyway that's where it is. But we'll we'll continue to use it in training for now.
1: Any other interesting investments you're doing that you can share? Like if uh, anything from cycling? Or? Um, you're no.
2: Not, <laughs> not, not, probably nothing else at the moment that I'll share, but um, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe over, over the future, there'll be a few others. You're still going to be racing for a while, so you're
1: gonna have to retire no, to not retiring? No,
2: no,
0: no. Thank you. And thank you for that. Mr Hood and Mr Froom and thank you dear listener for making it to this point in the podcast i'd like to thank you for your patience with me your f- new fledgling podcast host as i've been fumbling my way through these last few episodes i've been at the bike journalism craft for a couple of decades now but mostly with words in the printed or online-typed variety. Uh, this podcast game is new to me, and I'm enjoying it, and I'm certainly aware that I am new to it and uh, have much to learn. And I've been appreciating hearing from many of you uh, feedback on past episodes, and I encourage the rest of you to to reach out. My email is ben at valonews.com. Uh, feedback is appreciated, good, bad, or otherwise. Obviously, can't go back and re-record previous pods uh, but i'm certainly aiming to improve with with each and every one so give me a holler ben at velonews.com and we will leave it there for now i hope you all have a great week and thanks again for listening to the velonews podcast